Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Pajaj, and joining me today is Rajiv Mathan. Rajiv, welcome on the show. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you here. Let's get started with who is Rajiv? All right. So funny enough, I have put a lot of thought into actually this question and, and figuring out who I am over the years. And several years back, what I realized is that everything that I care about most in life comes down to this deep rooted belief in the power of expression. Um, so my fundamental core belief in life is that everyone deserves to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And the ways that I have found I can help people with that, both being expressive myself and helping others with that is different forms of storytelling and helping giving people helping give people a voice. So that has really been whether it's been conscious or subconscious over the years, that's been the driving force between like all the stuff that I do professionally and personally. So I am a hip hop artist, right? Which is storytelling and expression. Uh, I'm a yoga instructor and the approach that I take to constructing a class is constructing it almost like a story unfolding. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very much a practice of expression as well. Um, I am a ring announcer for MMA combat sports, and that's helping give the fighters inside the ring a voice, right? Helping the crowd get behind them. Uh, and then along with all of that, what takes up most of my time is running startup hype man, which is around helping give startups a voice through their pitch. Absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm curious to know you go by Raj nation. Is that an alter ego of yours? Is that just a, a pen name? or a social media name. I'm very curious. Yeah. About so it's like my personal brand, let's say is Raj nation. And it started because, so I created a Twitter account back in like 2010, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And at that time it was like, if you were following sports closely at that time, like everything was like, if you were a fan of something, you were, it was like, you're part of Red Sox nation. You're part of Cubs nation. You're part of, you know, Patriots Nation, whatever. Like ESPN just kept doing that with everything. And so I was like, all right, if you follow me, you're part of Raj Nation. And it worked because, you know, it's like Rajiv Nathan, Raj Nathan, right? There's a little bit of like rhyming there. So it just, it, it made sense. And then it just kind of stuck over the years to where like now, like my wife, when she wants my attention, she'll be like, Raj Nation, let's go. <laughs> I love it. It is catchy. I, I love the name. <laughs> And I like to say, you know, in some, like, and then like, for, you know, in a couple of my songs in the past, I've said, Raj Nation, and you ain't saying Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I get that a lot, right? Uh, my name is Nathan. People, most people can't pronounce it. It defaults ah. to Nathan. And <laughs> so I, I can relate to it. <laughs> tell us about Startup Hype Man. And, you know, as you, as you tell us about that, I'm curious to know, is that the name you actually registered? Is that your incorporation? Or is that just a DBA? No, and... it is. It's it's Startup Hype Man LLC. Nice. Love it. Um, it's, it didn't start as that, mm -hmm. but I changed it to that about two years in. I'll come back to that in a second. Um, sure. The ethos and the genesis of Startup Hype Man is I think there's probably like nothing more frustrating if you are running a company mm -hmm. um, than having a particular vision for what you think the world is supposed to be. And then at the same time, on a day-to-day -day level, 
it seems like nobody can understand what you do. And that gets in the way when you're raising capital, that gets in the way when you are trying to go to market uh, and acquire customers as you're building out a sales team, right? As you're trying to figure out marketing messaging. And that ultimately is the delta between where a company is today and where they're trying to go and grow. Um, you know, you've got this vision for being the next big thing, the next great thing. And then how are you going to be great if no one understands what you do? Mm -hmm. So where we come in is in like, we want to help these companies become, as we say, the goat to market, right? The greatest of all time to market. And the way we do that is by helping them stand out and stand apart in how they pitch and how they tell their story so that their audience recognizes them not as the best, but as the only. Yes. And companies who can establish themselves as the only get to shape the rest of the market in their image instead of being compared to what else is out there and don't get pointed at and say, what do they do? I don't get it. All right. So that's where we come in. And it's funny because the original name for the business was Raj Nation Innovation LLC, <laughs> which was just a mouthful. And I never felt comfortable saying it out loud. Um, and I'd always be like, oh, like, you know, you're, you're working with my business. You're working with Raj. You're working with Raj Nation. But Raj Nation Innovation always felt so weird to say. And then one day someone was like, you're kind of like a hype man for these startups, huh? And I was like, yeah, that's it. And then that's where, that's how it started. That's a, so like, you know, that tax season, I officially changed the name. <laughs> I love the name. I love the pitch. And the thing I love the most is the go to market, right? That's <laughs> such an awesome catchphrase. So super <laughs> love that. So tell us more about the impact you've created working with these startups whether it's in terms of revenues, the you know, number of startups you've helped raise or grow uh, over yeah. the years. It's been a cool journey. So this is now the seventh year, I believe. We started in, officially in 2017 and it's 2023 Sweet. now. So I think this is what, year seven? Mm -hmm. We completed year six, yeah. So um, over the years, it's been, a, it's been a definitely an interesting journey in getting this off the ground. Um, a lot of time in the first two, three years, wondering if the next month, is it something I can still keep mm -hmm. doing? but you make it through those troughs and uh, ultimately you start to hit more peaks along the way. Um, and we've had a lot of cool success with different startups. Um, we've helped one company, we've supported them with their pitch and they ended up raising a $25 million round. Uh, we've had some companies raise 5 million, 3 million, 2 million. We've had a lot of pitch competition winners, which is so cool and so fun. Um, you know, One of my favorite stories is this company Cyber Pop-Up the founder, Christine, she, she won over the course of a year, five pitch competitions that totaled $250,000. Nice. And she posted this like retrospective online where she was like, high school me, uh, you know, worked minimum wage at McDonald's. And then it was like, uh, uh, you know, got a PhD. Then it was like six figure, like six figure salary per year at United. And then six figures in five minutes on stage, on a stage. Uh, so I think like those kinds of growth stories are really cool. And then we've also, you know, had a good impact on some of the companies will help with their sales narrative and their sales team and imp improving their close rates. Um, you know, we had one guy go from like a 30% close rate to he had an, he had like a three month stretch where he was closing like 120% or he, excuse me, he was not closing. He was doing 120% of his quota 
mm-hmm. for a full quarter. Um, so those kinds of wins are just awesome to see. Um, and what I like too, is like, these are startups win in public, you know, you don't, you don't raise a bunch of money. You don't win a pitch competition and tell no one about it. It's something you want to tell people about. So it's, it's nice. Cause you get to see their victories in public. I love that. And I'm imagining you almost kind of going in and, you know, helping them with coming up with a cool rap song and then using your energy from the, hosting <laughs> the MMAs and just kind of making it super, super entertaining and uh, maybe for some even exhausting. Funny enough, one of our product offerings is making a company rap song uh, on your behalf. So we've had a few companies purchase that in the past, which has been really fun. But, you know, in our process, it's very like, it's influenced by all these different sources like entertainment or primarily from entertainment, I should say. Um, but any client who works with us is like, they're like, wow, like this is a very clean process we're going through. And, and all these steps like make sense and break it down in a, such a simple and easy to understand way. So it's like, you know, the, the energy that's happening up front and at an everyday basis, once you're like actually sitting down and working with us, it's like, all right, let's get down to business and see how we actually do this. And I think, you know, aside from like the, the capital raise or the revenue wins that these companies have, I just think what's so cool is them being like, you know, the moment you see their face when they're like, when you, you give them, Hey, here's what we think your pitch should be. And they're like, Oh, holy crap. That's cool. Oh, I can't wait to start telling people that. Right. That's just, I mean, they get re-motivated on their own company. That's so cool. And I would imagine, you know, that's sometimes it might be the process you go through with them helps them clarify what that story, what that pitch and what their customer or prospect should be wanting to listen to, right? That clarity is so extremely important. And we as entrepreneurs and startup founders kind of get wound up in our own uh, challenges, issues, or kind of get too deep into the weeds. So bringing bringing that out and portraying it for the listener is so extremely important. Of course. I mean, it's all, the listener is everything, right? If you can't make sense to your audience, what do you have? So yeah, that ability to start connecting with your target audience, you know, it's a total game changer for so many. Mm-hmm. So as you're helping other startups and other companies realize their own best potential, what's the one big challenge you're facing as a business? Right now, uh, the challenge that's in front of me is scaling with a freelance team. That's why I'm going to have my big um, focus right now. Um, I've been able to build out a team of, of project-based freelancers over the last uh, two years, mm-hmm. but really in the last like eight months, um, because I've started over the last eight months to remove myself from all of the pitch development with clients. And I'm training other, you know, the title is pitch artist. So I'm the chief pitch artist and now I'm training other pitch artists. I like that. Um, You're a CPA. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never thought of it in that acronym before. <laughs> um, you know, and, and for a long time beyond that, you know, we've had other people on the team who like are the designers of the, pre- like the, the graphic designers of the presentation who help write some supporting documentation, but I've always been the person who's their pitch artist. And so now um, handing that off over the last eight months has been, I think that's the challenge. And it's, 
it's a challenge because for better or worse, what I have built is a personality driven business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it's great in a lot of ways where it can be a drawback is needing to tell them, Hey, you're not going to work with me though. You're going to work with, with so-and-so on our team. And so it's that challenge combined with, um, what I'm learning is that this particular skill set and the way we execute it is very, very specialized. So figuring out who are the right people for this and then how do I best equip and train them? It's, you know, it's proving a lot more difficult than I thought it was, but it's a good like teacher in the process. Um, And I also think what's interesting when you're scaling in a freelance model is it's different if it's a salaried employee, right? You, you, I mean, it's weird to say, but you kind of have like final say in how they spend all hours of their day, more or less. Yes. When it's freelance team, you don't have that. So also navigating how do you, um, how do you be mindful that they are your employee for a project and, you know, yeah, they need to interact with you and stuff and you need to be able to communicate with them while still respecting the boundaries that are there. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, the way I'm trying to approach that is through making them feel as much like an employee, a salaried employee of the company as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so that includes like every month sending a company update email of like, you know, here was our, here's how we did last month. Here's where we struggled. Here's what's next. Here's where we need to you know focus on all that kind of stuff. So I, I literally treat it as if every, every employee is like my like board of advisors that I'm having to give an update to. I love that transparency, that faith, and also that sense of ownership, right? And uh, I can relate to that challenge. This is your personal brand that mm-hmm. you're now kind of looking to franchise somewhat. Yeah. It, to an extent, yeah, it is almost like you're trying to franchise it. Um, but, and and the, the reality is like, I realized um, about a year and a half ago, about a year and a half ago is when I started to think about Oh, I need to start training other people. And then about eight months ago is when I finally did an interview process and hired some people. Um, and, and the reason I was like, I need to hire some people is because I saw, I, I literally, I looked at my calendar and I did the, I did the math on the revenue number that the business tops out at. And it's good, but I was like, nah, it's like, it's so limiting though. Sure. Right. And, and, and I was like, okay, so this has to grow beyond me. Otherwise I'll never be able to like go and do these other things that I want to do on behalf of the business. Right. Like if I need to be meeting with every client all the time, that impacts the ability to go travel to this conference, to go speak at this thing, to, to do, to do stuff like this, right. To do podcasts like this. So it's hard to be the, the kind of like the, the poster boy, if you will, and also be the operator of the whole thing too. So the, so having to delegate and distribute was by necessity. Um, and, and, you know, I like the direction that we're headed in. Love it. On the flip side of challenges come opportunities, what's the most exciting one? I think the, the launch recently of our goat to market club, mm-hmm. um, this is a new home. We've built an online community for founders and go to market leaders um, designed to help them grow and scale um, through the, the focus of the club is every month we have a strat, what we call a strategy drop. Mm-hmm. And that's like a highly specific hands-on workshop on us, on a particular 
go-to-market strategy that we're able to teach to the community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with like, here's your action items coming out of this. And we want them to put those into play so they can start um, picking up some traction, growing and scaling. And what I think is so cool is we're, we're, we're pulling this off for a, a membership fee of $9 a month. Nice. Uh, so it's less than Netflix. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, originally when I was concepting this last year, I was like, maybe we make it 200, 300, $400 a month. Cause it's really like advanced coaching they're getting. And then I, and I, I, I sussed that out with a few people. Um, uh, and the response was kind of like mixed. It was like, this seems like it would be a great thing, but not for me right now, you know, right. Like, oh, I would like to join that at some point in the future. Or people who were not saying that and they were interested, they were like, okay, but I'd need to know like what all am I getting for that mm-hmm. money every month? And then I was like, ah, this is going to create its own separate like sales funnel that's actually going to take away from the main thing that we do, which is pitch development. Mm-hmm. And then when you're charging three, 400 a month, there's all this like rely, like you got to like make sure you're hitting on every exact thing right. every single time. Otherwise people will get mad. And so then I was like, no, you know what? Let's just make it $9 a month. So it's like stupidly like low price. Um, And let's make a sponsor supported model. Mm -hmm. So that's what's helping fund the operation, helping allow us to bring these strategies basically for free to this community is the support and the help of sponsors. That's really smart. And we'll be be sure to include the link how people can join it as, as we post this. Now, Let's take a step back and uh, go back in history. I would love for you to share two examples. One of a success that blew your own expectations. And uh, on the other side, something that did not work out as you had expected and became a lesson. I think, let me start with the, with the let's quote unquote failure and the yeah. lesson learned. Um, I had a business before this that did not succeed. And I thought it was going to be the thing. It was called Idea Lemon, started it with a friend from college. We were doing like personal brand development for others, but not really. And the problem was we couldn't really figure out what we were doing. Uh, And, you know, we toiled away at that full time for, you know, almost two years, um, part time for like two years prior to that. And, the reality is I was just like, wasn't, if, when I look back now, I just wasn't mature enough yet to have successfully run a business because I was still in this like need to get ideas out of my system kind of mode. And that really got in the way of trying to be like, well, this business represents one thing that's doing this. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be the but let's try this and let's try this and let's try this. Right. And I, you know, and I was like, at one point we were like, Oh, we're going to be almost like a record label to help sponsor people's ideas. But then it was like, but nothing we were doing day to day would speak to that. Right. So it was just this constant, like internal conflict of what are we, how are we talking about ourselves? What do we want to be? We couldn't figure out an answer. And I think the important thing is here, you know, I'm sure you've, you've heard people say like, there's no such thing as failure. It's just learning. Here's my thing. I call BS on that. (laughs) And here's why. If I don't take an honest look at idea lemon, that venture, and I say that failed, (laughs) then I am not going to learn from it. Exactly. If I'm just like, oh no, it was fine. Cause we learned these things. I'm going to make the same mistakes again. 
But the fact that I look at that and I say, nope, that was a failure. It points me in the direction of what not to do again. And that's the lesson, right? But the fact that I label it a failure mm -hmm. allows me to learn from it. I and that's that. at least how my brain works. And I, and I, 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 I have to imagine others' brains may also work that way. So I mm -hmm. just want to let people know, like, it's okay to call the thing a failure because then it tells your brain, don't do that thing again. Yes. <laughs> Put that label on it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so that's that's the the failure, which I, it's funny. I think it's way easier to call to mind what's the failure or failures than it is what are the successes. Um, I think you know, I don't know. There's like cool things that I've done before. Like I've I've given a TED TEDx talk. You know, I've like I've been on national television doing ring announcing for MMA. Nice. Um, all things that I was you know, I'm like wow. That's cool. That happened. Right. Um, I don't know, but I really feel like the things that are like coolest is just like the little stuff. Like when mm -hmm. someone is like, Hey, like I've been following your content for the last like year and it's helped me in these ways. Yes. Or like, you know, we give someone a pitch and they're like, you know, they go and they crush it. Right. They go in these, win these competitions, they go and raise money or even like, like, you know, just yesterday training a new training, one of our new team members training to be a pitch artist. And they do like a really good job in that training session. It's just one of those like, yes, like the system is working. Yes. And I think that's, what's interesting is like, I, you know, I used to, when I was younger, I'd, I'd look at quote unquote successful people. And I'd be like, man, do they ever think it's crazy that like one day they were selling out you know, they were performing in like a basement and then all of a sudden they're performing Madison Square Garden. And I'm not saying I've done that, but I've had different like versions of that, you know, in this landscape anyway. You know, like just recently, I I keynoted a company's conference by rapping, like I performed nice. for them, right? Nice. So stuff like that. But like, the, the, but the thing is like, everything happens in steps along the way. So it's not like, oh, one day I was here and then the next day, all of a sudden I was on stage in front of 20,000 fans. It's like, you know, there's all these little steps in between. And that's really what I think is like the fun part of it as, as difficult as it can be mm -hmm. is the journey to get there because to the outside, it looks like you went from here to here all of mm -hmm. a sudden, but you know, like you never even like think to think of it like that. Cause you're like, no, I didn't go from here to here. I was it was Madison Square Garden, but right before that, I had to meet with these people. And before that, I had mm -hmm. to do this show that no one showed up to, right? Or that, you know, it was like slightly smaller and, and all of these things. So I think it's just like, I try to be good about like stepping back to reflect. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every time I do, it's not like, oh, I won this award that like, that's what I'm sleeping happy at night. Yes. It's like, I don't know, I, I'm doing something that people value that I enjoy. and again, the journey is challenging, but like, it's also really fun. And I don't think there's anything else I'd be do I would want to be doing. So true. You know, it's that 10 year long overnight success. Yeah, exactly. And it's those small moments. And I was really hoping for you to say, you know, my biggest success as I was rapping, I knocked out this MMA player, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's the little things. No, that that's where I'm getting my ass whooped if I try and take a <laughs> swing at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rajiv, this helps us transition into my favorite part of the show, which we call the one-line life lessons. I'd love for you to share 
some of your life lessons with us. All right. So um, you can wrap them to us. Okay. That's, that's totally cool. <laughs> I wonder if I could wrap this out. Uh, ah, it doesn't rhyme, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so one that I always enjoy is the kind of like the person who's considered like the the founding father architect of modern Chicago after the great Chicago fire in the late 1800s is Daniel Burnham. And he said, make no little plans. Uh, the full quote is make no little plans. They have no something to stir a man's blood. Um, like they have no um, emotion or something like that to stir a man's blood, but make no little plans. I, I like that. Um, my high school track coach would always say practice doesn't make perfect, but it damn sure makes permanent. Uh, which I've always liked. One of my high school track teammates, who's still a friend, he told me when he, and he was a few years older, you know, I was like complaining one day. I was like, oh, how come like this, this event, they're not giving out awards. And he was like, no, you just got, he was like, that doesn't matter. You just got to do it to do it. Like you're here for the sake of the competition. Everything else is secondary. It's not about the award. Um, one of the, um, guiding questions that I ask myself, which I'll phrase instead as a statement is take the meaningful path, not the easy path. And, um, the, the last thing I'll say, which is the, the guiding point of view of startup hype man is don't be the best, be the only. Love them. Love every single one of them. And, uh, yeah, the first one is my favorite, right? which I have translated into go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love okay. that. It, it really rhymes with, you know, uh, the spirit you bring on, the, the hype man philosophy to it, and ties really nicely well with uh, be the only. Mm. Ajit, thank you so much for making time to share your story and your journey with us. We really appreciate it. And... Congratulations for all the successes so far and best wishes for your continued success. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this. So did I. Thanks a lot.